Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Welcome to Exploring Missions. We're hoping you're having a good day today, and we pray that God would just continue to work in your heart and your life this weekend, and uh, may, may He guide you and show you what ministries He would have you to do. That's what Exploring Missions desires to do is to help you to identify that God could use you. And today our guest is a return visit from Maurice Singh. Maurice, welcome. It is good to have you here, and we praise the Lord for what God has done and is doing in your life. So we're going to follow up with some of that. And Maurice is from Bangalore, India, and uh, that's his hometown, but he's in America right now. And uh, you've been in America quite a bit of late and uh, because of education, because of ministry, and then finally because of marriage. And uh, we thank God that we've had the privilege of knowing Maurice and his family. With that in mind, Maurice, I, I really wanted our people to hear a little bit about your family's spiritual journey and uh, where I, I had the privilege of meeting your dad and your mom. I know your mom. And they just have blessed mine and Jan's life tremendously, as you have as well. But uh, I wanted our audience to hear a little bit about, you know, the Singh story, spiritual <laughs> journey. Would you mind sharing that today? Sure. Um, I am the fourth generation Christian in my family, uh, which is very unusual uh, in the context of India. Um, my I come from a family of the Sikh community, and that's why my last name is Singh. And uh, the Sikh community is a very strong uh, uh, Hindu community that is uh, strong in their faith and that don't change their religion that easily. Uh, in fact, the Sikh community were known as the protectors of the Indian uh, culture. Uh, uh, they were... They come from the state of Punjab, and uh, they uh, protected the border of India in that region. In fact, even when British conquered India, they were one of the last states that they were able to conquer because they were such a good warriors. Um, and so my family is connected to that community. And uh, coming from that community, my family, my great-great-grandfather was a priest, and uh, he used to go place to place uh, proclaiming the uh, Hindu scriptures and, this, uh, and the Sikh scriptures. And so they, they basically used to spread the uh, religion throughout India. Even if you went to a lot of old Hindu temples today, you would find their names engraved in there. While this was going on, uh, my great-great-grandfather had, had come across a missionary from the United States that was working among uh, the children over there and uh, also was uh, doing a church planting ministry. And this person needed a uh, translator, 
And so since my great-great-grandfather was uh, well-educated and he could speak multiple languages, uh, they asked him if he would be a translator. And so he would travel with this missionary from village to village, uh, interpreting what the missionary had to say. And in turn, every time he did that, he kept hearing the gospel. And God began doing a work in his heart. And they uh, eventually, he began asking questions about the Bible and who Jesus Christ is. And uh, eventually he uh, became a Christian and uh, he surrendered to Christ. And when he did that, uh, the entire family uh, sent him out uh, because they felt like he had betrayed the family. That's a very severe issue in that culture. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, so they cut all ties with him and uh, they uh, expelled him out of the community. And so he had moved to South India uh, after that, and uh, he had been in South India. And God was using him because he already had several connections with uh, the Hindu temples, and he knew several communities. He used to go f- go to these same villages that he used to go to proclaim the Hindu scripture and uh, share about Jesus Christ. And uh, that's how my family got introduced to uh, uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, ever since then, uh, my family have been in the ministry. Uh, They continued the legacy of um, my family being Hindu priests to uh, priests of uh, the church. And so since my great-grandfather, all the men have been preachers or in some sort of ministry, and uh, I am the fourth generation. And God has taken... um, that legacy of who my great-grandfather was and uh, helped us set a good foundation. Because we come from the high-caste community, uh, it is easy for us to go and share the gospel at any house. Because if if someone from a low-caste community wanted to share about Christ, he or she would have difficulty going into a high-caste community or to their homes, or to communicate with them, because there's that social barrier. That reminds me of the Apostle Paul being a Roman citizen. Uh-huh. God was able to use that Roman citizenship for him to be in places that someone that was not uh, could not have, and same mm-hmm. thing is true with your family. Absolutely. And uh, he, so that gave us a real advantage of uh, going to homes it doesn't matter if it's the poor people or the high caste or the low caste. In fact, many times when we go to homes uh, to share about Jesus, they would look at us and say, why are you here? I mean, you're not supposed to be in our house. And uh, so God has used my family over the generations. And uh, uh, let me share a little bit about my mom and dad. Uh, and uh, uh God called both of them into ministry in unique ways. Um, My dad was uh, living in a completely different state, and uh, uh, he came from a similar background, but he struggled because uh, of his family uh, wanting to expel him as well because he wanted to uh, be a preacher, and they wanted to expel him. And uh, while he was dealing with that, my mom, on the other hand, she lived in Bangalore, and uh, God gave 
her a heart for the children on the streets of Bangalore. Okay. Uh, it is now estimated that there are over two million children that are on the streets of Bangalore, Bangalore alone. Bangalore's population is 12 to 10, 10 to 12 million, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Uh, and one of the larger cities there in India. It's one of the fastest growing cities in India because it's the Silicon Valley of okay. Asia. Okay. Um, so God gave my mom a heart to rescue these children. There are there were so many children on the streets uh, that were neglected, that were abandoned, nobody cared for them, and so God gave her a burden to go and reach these children and uh, tell them about Him. But she had just graduated from college, and her parents had struggled uh, um, hard to pay for her college tuition and education, and so they were expecting her to get a well-paid job so that uh, she would be able to live better. But God kept impressing on her heart to go and reach these children. And so every time my grandfather would go out, she would sneak away from her home and go to this small quarry village that was near their house, and she would gather all these children and teach them choruses and teach them alphabets of the local language and teach them uh, uh, a little about the Bible, and she would make sure she came back home uh, before uh, my grandfather came back. And uh, this was going on for a while, And my dad had moved to Bangalore, and he started working uh, as a chaplain at the Bangalore Baptist Hospital. Okay. And uh, while God was working in both their lives, God, uh, my dad used to go to the villages and uh, preach about Christ uh, to the communities that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ even once. And uh, my mom used to uh, go and reach these children on the streets. Eventually, God brought them together, and that's what merged into one ministry that we call as Look Unto Jesus Ministries today. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, providentially, God had brought another missionary from the United States, Dr. Mary Futrell. She had come to the Baptist Hospital, and she was working as the nutritionist over there. And every time she opened the window of her guest house— she would see this quarry village that my mom used to visit. And God would tell her every morning, go to that village. Mm. And Miss Futrell would pray and say, God, I'm going to so many villages with the Baptist Hospital. Why this village? And during that time, because the leading of God was so strong, um, she contacted somebody in Uh, the hospital, and that happened to be uh, my uncle, my mom's brother. And uh, she she asked him if he would take her to that quarry village. And they had to go to that quarry village. They had to pass my grandparents' home. They stopped by, and God uses that in a providential way for Miss Futrell and my mom to meet. And they go to that quarry village, and the moment all the children see my mom, everybody starts running towards her. And Miss Futrell is intrigued, and um, she asks why they ran towards her, and my mom tells her the whole story. And God impressed on Miss Futrell's heart 
to reach to those children as well. And during, at that t- meeting, under a tree, with no predetermination, Ms. Futrell and my mom decided to start a school for these children. <laughs> and so the ministry started under a tree in this quarry village in 1976. And uh, ever since then, uh, my mom used to gather these children under a tree, and she would teach them. And uh, Ms. Futrell said, I will send you $50 every month to pay, and if you will do this. And so my mom uh, used to receive $50, and she continued to do this. One of the things that happened was that um, uh, many children after the school under the tree would not want to go back home. They would try to hide uh, behind the tree or linger around my mom. And uh, it was because when these children went back home, they had alcoholic dads that would abuse them. They came from broken families. They wouldn't find peace or happiness. And so they'd rather stay here instead of having to go back home. And it was during that time God impressed on my mom and my dad during that, by the time they were married, to start a home for them. And uh, they started the home, uh, what we call today as Michael Dean Children's Home, with four children. Uh, They took care of these children out of their own salary. Nobody gave them money to do it. That was not part of the mission project originally. Yes, sir. Okay. And so they started doing that. And uh, God, in his faithfulness, he saw that and he started blessing them. And more people started getting interested in what they were doing. And we officially started a home for children in 1981. And... uh, That's when uh, we started rescuing more and more children, and uh, we have uh, rescued over 2,000 children uh, over the years. And uh, many of the boys are pastors and evangelists in their own villages today. Uh, They take the gospel to communities that we cannot take, and uh, God God has been using that uh, in a tremendous way. And we have also been using our connection with these children as a launch pad to uh, start church planting ministries. Okay. And, uh, so, the, so the school led to a home, which led to church planting, yes, one sir. step at a time. Yes, sir. That was not what was seen when your mother would just felt called to go be with those children. Absolutely. And that was <laughs> not what was seen by my grandparents, and that's why— they kept telling her she needed to find a job that would pay her salary and that would pay her, take care of her expenses and retirement and everything. But uh, that uh, they did not foresee all of these things. But God in his providence uh, took them one step at a time. And then the church planting ministry started. Today we have over uh, 14 churches in different villages and most of these communities are communities that have never heard the gospel before. And um, uh, we have been doing this for over 40 years now. 40 years. And um, I was born into this ministry. Right. Many I times, was going to say, Maurice, you're not 40 years old. So <laughs> you, you were born after the ministry had already blossomed and grown. Yes. And, uh, in fact, uh, one of the uh, things that I say is when I was born in my house— 
I was not the first child. I had 25 <laughs> siblings in my house. And uh, so we had 25 children in our house when I was born already. And uh, God has taken me on a, uh, on a unique journey since then. Uh, at a very early age, I felt the call to ministry. I felt like God was calling me to preach the gospel. Uh, my parents say even when I was five, six years old, I would go stand on a heap of sand and preach in, uh, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But as I grew up and uh, as I matured and learned more, I began having struggles with that call, which I knew was what I needed to do. Uh, one of my biggest struggles was I had seen uh, my parents being persecuted for what they had been doing. Uh, I had seen all the struggles they had been through as a family. There have been times where people wanted to kill us for what we do. And so in all that I had seen, I had a struggle, and I I was beginning to withdraw my commitment to surrender to the ministry because uh, just like Peter walking on water, he began looking around and he began sinking. And it was a similar effect. I, the more I grew up, I was like, I'm not sure I want to do this. But God kept impressing that on my heart, to, saying that he wanted me to serve him. And I said, God, if you will prove to me that you will be with me and you are real, I will surrender to serve you. And to make a long story short, he sure did that through three incidents in my life. Uh, he saved me from a cobra snake that should have killed me when I was in fourth grade. He healed me uh, in a fire accident that I was in when I was in eighth grade, um, where the hospitals had no facility to treat me back then. And he healed me from all the burns that I had with no medication at all. And uh, finally, every time he did this, God would say, see, I am with you. I am with you. <laughs> Don't fear and, what men can do to you. Exactly. Look what I can do, yeah. But as hard-headed as I was, I would say, Lord, thank you, and just move on, but not make a commitment. And finally, when I was in high school, uh, God, uh, uh, God spoke to me. In the middle of the night, uh, and uh, I heard his voice clearly, and I saw a vision of him sitting down, and uh, he looked at me, and uh, I was all nervous, not knowing what to say, and the first words that came out of his mouth was, you worry too much. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then I said, a lot, a lot of our listeners are agreeing with you. They worry too much. <laughs> You're listening to Exploring Missions, and our guest is Maurice Singh and uh, from Bangalore, India, and he's telling his family story. And okay, so as in high school, senior in high school, God told you you worry too much. Where did it go from there? And then I reasoned why I worried because I had genuine reasons. I said, you know, I was afraid for my life. Being a teenager, I was concerned about friends and making connections, you know, because that means a whole lot to you when you're a teenager. And people deserted me because if I wanted to be a preacher. And so when I put a whole list of these reasons, his response was, I want you to know I am with you. I will never leave you. And I want you to serve me. Amen. And during that time, all my rational reasoning 
just blotted away. He can do that. And, and he can do those of you that's using excuses, worrying about following the Lord, about going on a mission trip to a place that's uh, at least inconvenient, which could be dangerous, uh, uh, challenging. God can provide the way, and he can calm the if he can calm the waves in a storm, he can calm your fears in oh, the midst absolutely. of serving him. Oh, absolutely. I'm a living testimony of that today. If not for that, I wouldn't be alive today. Okay, so you surrendered and said, yes, God. Where did you go from there? And uh, I had finished my high school, and God uh, providentially used— we had a mission team from Mississippi uh, during that time that came to work at the children's home we had. And this mission team, when they heard my testimony and when— the more we connected, they suggested that maybe I should come to a college in the United States so that I can get a better education about the Bible. And to me, when they mentioned it, it was something that was impossible and never could be done. And, um, but God providentially opened doors for me to go to Blue Mountain College in Mississippi and uh, by the way, it's my alma mater as well. <laughs> yes, excellent college. Yes, and uh, I attended there, and uh, God really used my time over there. And after that, uh, God opened the door for me to go to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and get some At education over there, Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, sir. And uh, ever since then, God has been taking me step by step. Uh, in a unique way uh, to sh- uh, to show me the things that I thought was impossible. And um, and uh, God has been growing um, our family this way. That was the beginning, and this is where I am. And today God has given me a burden to uh, reach out to the high caste communities of India because I believe the Word of God is not inferior to caste or creed or social status. And so I believe in reaching uh, the high caste, the rich, and the poor as well. Uh, and uh, so God has been answering that prayer for me and uh, opening several doors with the high caste community lately. And along the way, you met Stacy and you married. I did. In yeah, fact, recently. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have been married in September, uh, on September 16th. 2017. And uh, and I'm looking forward to the journey that God has for us. Well, you are a beautiful couple, and praise God. I have the privilege of working with Stacy here at American Family Association. She's part of the journal writing staff. I want to read a scripture, and then I want you to tell the story, because time may get uh, to the point where we need to tell this story about God using you uh, your great-great-grandfather being a former Hindu priest, you getting the education that God would have you to have. But this passage is in Acts chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. Paul has returned from the first missionary journey, so they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. They had completed the first journey. Now, far as Paul knew, they thought, well, this is it, but You know, God, right? Mm -hmm. And when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them. Isn't that a beautiful report? That's the reason I wanted you to share for generations what all God has done. And then the last part, 
and he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. You shared with me before we started recording today about a ministry to Hindu priests that's going on that the door has opened for you. Would you share that story? We've got about four four minutes to do this. So you got to do it quickly. Sure. Um, about two years ago, if you had told me I would have a ministry to the Hindu priests, uh, I would have smiled and just moved on. But God was working in a way that I was not aware of. And uh, God was working in the life of a man called Sone Gauda, who was a Hindu priest. Uh, his wife had been sick for a very long time. She had issues with her kidneys, and um, she could not find a cure. After going to several places, he brought her to the Baptist hospital, which is close to our house. And uh, while he was waiting for the doctor uh, at the Baptist hospital, somebody hands him a copy of a New Testament. And him being a Hindu priest, he sarcastically just puts it aside and doesn't think anything about it. And after later the doctor had investigated on his wife, he said maybe they need to keep her for a couple days to do more investigation and then decide. While he was bored to death sitting in that hospital room for two days, he decides to take this copy of the New Testament and read it. And as he begins to read the words of Jesus in the Gospels, it begins to captivate him. He's not able to put it down, and the Holy Spirit was working in his heart, and he's not able to put it down. And he said he read the entire New Testament in one stretch in a span of 10 hours. And he, after he had read that, he did not know what to do because the Spirit was working in his heart and, you know, and he did not know how to respond to that. The following day, the doctor said they needed to do a surgery on his wife. That was the only option. But more than likely, he said she may not make it through the surgery. So they take her into the operation theater, and his family in the village is preparing for her funeral arrangements. And um, during this time, he decides that he's going to challenge this new God that he had studied about. And so in his own way, he prays to Jesus and he says, Jesus, if you are the true God that you say in this book, bring my wife alive out of the operation theater. Amen. Four hours later, the doctor walks out of that operation theater and he says, I don't know what to tell you, but we could not find what we were looking for. And she walks out of that operation theater alive. And when they go back home, he's everybody's shocked. And God used that to uh, God used that to bring him to me, and I have started working with him. And that's opened up the door to how many Hindu priests now? Twenty-three Hindu priests meet underground, and uh, even while I'm in the United States, I communicate with him on Skype or phone. I teach him, and he in turn goes and teaches them. And there are many, many Hindu priests coming to Christ. Maurice, thank you for that story. God is using you, has used you, and thank you for being with us today on Exploring Missions. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. We pray that God would use you. Uh, That relationship you have, God may use it to bring many to Christ. 
Thank you again for listening to Exploring Missions.